if you would take up your copy of God's Word. We'll be going to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And when you find your place, please stand with me. Our main verse is going to be 9 through 25, Lord, in time committing. So we'll be in chapter 2 from the beginning. Find your place, please stand with me, the reading of God's Word. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word, so by it you may grow in respect to salvation, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. In coming to him, as to a living stone, which have been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. You also, as living stones, are being built up as spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices accepted to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. And he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value then is for you who believe. But for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word, and to this doom they were also appointed. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. For once, you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you, as aliens and strangers, to abstain from fleshly lusts that wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify, in the, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as a one in authority, or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God, that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men, and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, 
but use it as a bond slave of God. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. For this finds favor. If for the sake of conscience toward God, a person bears up under sorrow with suffering unjustly, for what credit is there if, when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, for this finds favor with God. For you have been called for this purpose, since also uh, Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he reviled, he reviled not in turn. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by his wounds we are healed. For you were continually strained like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd and the guardian of your souls. You may be seated. As many of you know, I wasn't expected to preach today, but the Lord had different plans. Uh, Pastor Chris is sick, and therefore we had to shift gears to get to where we're at today. With that being said, God is always in control whether we're prepared or not. Amen? So I do want to think about, as we go through this, right? I want us to contemplate 2023 for just a little bit. Then I want to move over to 2024 and what that looks like. For us. So Philippians, we see that that I have already, not that I have already obtained it or I have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that which is also laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude, and if anything you need uh, are different attitude, God will reveal it also to you. However, let us keep living by the same standard to which we have attained. In 2023, how did it go for you? In your spiritual walk with the Lord? Or are you willing today, as we go get into the Word of God, to look at 2023 and say, oh my, but also at the same time, as a, a person that is held and in, in, in precious in the sight of God, right? We say amen. Why? Because it was by God's grace that He kept us too through 2023. 
It is by God's grace that we are here today to hear what God has to say about what we should do. We are not just to forget 2023. Paul's not saying that. We are no longer under condemnation. This book is written to the believers, the chosen ones, that uh, Peter has written out to the churches that are spread out. And he's encouraging us. And I want to encourage us today also to be encouraged that God is for you and not against you. In 2024, but what's it going to look like? Is it going to get off the few? And now, I'm not here to give you a hard time, but I want us to be challenged by what God has said to us. And that we should be encouraged in such a way is that it is overflowing in us that we, we look at the precious blood of Christ and, and look what he's done for us to make us right with him. We were not a people of faith, but now we are a people of faith by his grace. That's wonderful news for 2024. We have the example given out here at newborn babe, meaning those that are born again, those that are born in the family of God, right? We put away everything that disrupts us. We put away everything. But the challenge is when we look at this first verse, and we're going to get down through, so I want you to hang in there with me. The challenge at the first verse uh, is that what is, what was my treasure in 2023? Now we know that you can't mentally put something up there but God knows your heart and he knows the truth about us. What it says here for newborn babes it tells us that we're to long for the pure word of God. Right now the thing is when we look at that when we look at scripture what does it mean to us? When we look at scripture what did 2023 what did the word of God mean to us or does it come alongside something else that we find very valuable? So it's the word of God that we should desire the pure word of God in our lives. And I have to look at myself because I think about this and even as we sing the song, Behold the Lamb of God, we can put many things up in the air and say, yes, this is me. We can do this to ourselves, but God knows it's not you. So we have two people here. Ones that are ready to speak truth unto themselves and rejoice. And Lord, I have fallen so short. Now, see, that's a cover blanket there. I fall so short. Yeah, we all fall short, so we're not really hanging on to what we've really done with that. What we've really done with that is to sin against God. But listen to what happens right here in verse uh, 2. It says, Like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted. The kindness of the Lord. Now that's wonderful, and it should be for us. Tasting the kindness of God. Did you have that in 23? Have you tasted the kindness of the living God? And it shows us what, what we treasure, our heart will be there also. Now, do we treasure the kindness of God? Do we treasure that? And I'm pressing that for a reason because the re reality is I want to treasure it more for 2024. I want more of him, and I hope you do too. Why? Because the first part has happened here is that we are newborn babies in Christ and yearning for his word to change our lives by the power of the precious Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Amen. And I hope you want that too. Crashes in his sight. So we go on. But this is containing scripture. Now I want you to listen. Verse 6. Behold, I lay inside a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. And he who believes in him will not be disappointed. Will not be disappointed. Now we disappoint ourselves in many ways. We can beat ourselves up pretty bad. But look at the precious value then is for you that we have this who believe. See that part of uh, verse 7? Precious value of being a believer of Jesus Christ. Precious value, this is for us to find him, the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone, the God of glory, the son of the living God, precious to us. We believe Then you have love. We're not on that side, but it's a contrast that we'll see in verse 9 when we continue on right here. You have two different people here. You have those that believe, those that do not believe. But I tell you, it's hard for me to give up verse 7. This precious value then is for you who believe. Now when we when I look at 2023, how did I treasure the Lord? Was this, was this, was his word and him himself and what he has done for me? Right? He saved me from him and through him and to him. Is the reality of that in my life? Do I find it precious? Because I know that I'm laying from there. And then as we go as Christians up and down, but when we look on this right here, how precious is he? To you. How precious will he be for us in 24? Going back to verse 7, but for those who disbelieve, this stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone and a stone of stumbling in the rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word, and to this doom they were also appointed. The catechism, everything, you know, it's amazing how God just, everything always just kind of folds together in a service. From the Psalms, from other scripture. But he says this to you, so be encouraged. He says this to you in verse 9. He says this to those who believe, those who find to be him to be a treasure. He says this to us. But you are a chosen generation or a chosen race. And one of the things, when I, when I see that, I see the questions of Peter being restored coming to my mind. In the, as we believe through this, when Jesus, if Jesus was to ask me right now, do you love me? What would your answer be? 
Because that's what it comes down to. Do you love me? And to him, the God of glory, said, no glory, he says this to you, you are a chosen, chosen uh, race, right? You are a chosen generation. Those who don't like that word, it, it starts out in verse 1, and Peter writing to the saints, right? But be encouraged, be, be encouraged that God looks upon you like this, as his chosen people. The new birth brings us into the family of God. The new birth is the great mercy of God and grace that has been upon us. But sometimes along the way, we get kind of stale, don't we? We just go through the mechanics of it all. Or we just stop altogether. The world knows, and it's going to get to that here in just a few minutes, but the world knows how much you value Christ. They know it without you saying words. And that is an oh my moment there. I know for, for a fact I have room for improvement in all of this. I haven't arrived. The day that I arrive, I won't be here. Amen? The day that you arrive, you won't be here. But even Paul was telling us, listen, we put away those things. We learned from those things. But when I was a child, I acted like a child, now I'm a man, I do uh, manly things. Saying that however you want to use that in the sense of I'm growing up in the Lord. I'm growing to love Him more. I'm growing to cherish Him more. But this is what he calls me. Uh, he calls all those that have been chosen out by him. You are a chosen generation. But I've chosen to raise a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of the darkness into the marvelous light. Hey, aren't you glad that he didn't ask you first? Aren't you glad he changed you first? Amen? Amen? Because he, when he changes you, you know the answer that's coming up to that. Yes and amen. Lord, save me. And he will. Because he's pulled you out. And we see that on this positive side of this verse right here, we see that God, uh, there's those that will not because they're disobedient, they ignore the word of God, and they're very religious folks. They go to church every Sunday. They deserve to come into the kingdom of God, and therefore they don't deserve to come into the kingdom of God. We don't want what we deserve, and therefore we, we get what we didn't deserve. That's grace. That's mercy. That's being pulled out by God. Listen to this in 2 Corinthians, or Thessalonians, I'm sorry, uh, 2, 13 to 14, but we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit in faith and truth. And it was for this he called you through our gospel, that you may gain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you glad that you are 
contrary to the unbelievers that surround you? Are you glad that you have been called out by the power of God? Here we have the call for redemption in verses 9 through 10. We're going to go through some of this right here. We have the call for redemption here. And, uh, and I tell you, I think sometimes we can get bored with listening to salvation stuff all the time. But we, we shall not. We shall not. Because each time we hear the story about what God has done to somebody like me and you, it should enrich our soul. It should cause us to worship Him in beauty and in truth, in spirit and in truth. And we praise God that we haven't gotten what we deserve. Christ did that for us. Now what does 2024 look like for us? For you? When you hear that, when you hear each day go by, may it be whispering in your ear saying, do you love me? Do you love me? Then your reply will come, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. I want to read something that is not my way of doing things, but I had this in the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith on adoption. It's all about the scripture. It says, chapter 12, it says, All those who are justified, God conferred in for the sake of his only Son, Jesus Christ, to make partakers of the grace of adoption, by which they were taken into a number and enjoyed the liberties and the privileges of the children of God. Have this name put on them, received by the spirit of adoption, have access to the throne of grace, which with boldness and able to cry out our Father, are pitied, protected, provided for and chastened by him as by a father, yet never cast off, but still to the day of redemption, they inherit the promises of the heirs of everlasting salvation. Now that was a mouthful, and there's a lot to it, and I challenge, uh, not challenge you, but I ask you to go to that, because it speaks of the truth about, man, we are adopted into the family. Now in 2024, did you get tired of telling yourself you're a child of God? Did you get, because in battles and stuff, we kind of put that stuff on the shelf sometimes, and then we do what, what the scripture tells us not to do. Christ gave us an example. He gave us an example. And it's not the only place here that we are to live by his example, but we have it. Christ gave us an example. And so the last time that somebody cut you off at the intersection, what, what happened out there? Do you love me? The last time that you got in an argument with somebody because the eye and sin was taller than anything else in there, right? And you had to give your side of the story, your opinion. Christ says, do you love me? What happened when you were, you were accused of wrongdoing before just standing on God's word, trying to walk in a way to honor and glorify him, and they ridiculed you and make fun of you? Did you give in to it? Did you have to give your opinion to it? Did you have to rage against them? 
He was a vital, vital idea. Are we living the life that he tells us to do? Not a completion, but not a perfection, but don't get that excuse to do it not at all. If we were treasured for Christ, as we treasure money, oh my, what a change in the church that would be. Because that's the first thing that comes in and pulls us away. Well, I've got to do this and that for money. Well, we get that. By God's grace, we were able to work last week. But it's not before Him, it's with Him. It calls you a, a royal priesthood. God had made the church to do what He wanted Israel to do, and the preacher belonged to God's people to convey that. The number of illusions that we have here, he says in the Old Testament, Exodus uh, chapter 19, he says, You are a royal priesthood. Right? Now, all that has passed away, satisfied in Christ, but now he says, We are. We're precious in the sight of God. Don't forget that. We love grace. We wave it off the top, but man, don't forget where you came from, out of the darkness into his marvelous light. We see the power of God. Change of people like us. Aren't you glad that you're a child of God? Man, that, that is something that you should wave a banner to yourself every morning. You touch the floor out of the bed. I belong to God. I'm a slave unto this God. He calls us a church. He calls us into we're a holy desert, dedicated, consecrated people unto Him. We're His. Not the world's. But we have to know who we are in Christ when all these things, all the world, rails against us. We have to know who we are. We have to stand firm on God's Word. Not as a hammer, but as a tool to ourselves first. We don't get to throw out scripture that we don't apply to ourselves. We don't get to throw it out just to beat you up, make you feel bad. We don't get to do that. He didn't call us to do that. He called us to, to make much of him. We are God's possession. Possession. And the reason why I'm lingering on this because we fly over and, and, and there's so much more to it than what I'm having to pack out today because I'm already running out of time. But as we look at this, we see that we are a holy nation. We are God's possession. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Then we ought to look at ourselves in 2023 and all our bickering, all our crying, all our complaining and stop and look forward to 24. Lord, help me to stop that before it gets to my heart. Help me to stop that before it gets to my brain. Help me to stop it, Lord, before I dishonor your name it comes out of my mouth. Help me, Lord, that I may be that living sacrifice unto you. Unto you, Lord. Belonging to him and being his possession. Man, isn't that wonderful? Nobody can take you out of God's hand. Nobody. 
and all these things that we trouble ourselves about, there's testing and training us, that he's training us, how to trust in Christ, how to lean on him, how to not lean on our own understanding, but trust in God's word and God's word alone, backed by the Holy Spirit of truth, upon our very soul, we have to look at I first. It has to be here first. And when it's here, we've got to stop it before it gets here so we can stop it before it gets here. It dishonored the Lord in front of unbelievers, in front of your wife, in front of your neighbors, in front of your mom and dad. Just because we're Christian and we're not going to go to hell, suffer the wrath of God does not give us permission to sin. Sometimes we take that doctrine to do so. I can't lose it. But the evidence that you come to know him is that you're nowhere near trying to lose it. But when you sin, you have a new problem with sin. Because you sin, you've dishonored him. Therefore, the conviction of the Holy Spirit of truth convicts you of that. Hey, aren't you glad of that? That tells you you belong to him, that you are God's possession. And he will no longer let you be you. That's wonderful stuff. That's confirming stuff when we think about what he has done. We see uh, proclaim the excellencies in verse uh, 9, back part of verse 9. It says, we are to proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of the darkness into the marvelous light. The effectual calling is taking place right here. The effectual calling. This calling has an effect on our life. He calls you. You hear him. You come. Then he changes you. Actually, he changed you way before then. But you were able to hear him. Therefore, he, you heard him call you because you are already changed. That's good. Because he changed you in order to be able to hear him. And once you hear him, he continues to change you. Now, when you think of proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into the marvelous light, do, you, do we remember the first 40 years of your life, or whatever that number is before you were a Christian, do you remember where he called you out of? Do you remember the bondage that you were in there? And if you are able to submit, he called me out of the darkness into the marvelous light with God. There was darkness on the earth. God spoke and the light came and the, and the darkness scattered. Cannot overcome it. Same thing with God converts a soul into the family of God. He gives him the light of his word, and therefore uh, we see the power of God is exposed. We are exposed before God. We call upon him to be saved from him and through him and to him because he has given the light of the truth about who we are. And therefore we go. We come to him, the only one that could save us from him. And then we're able to talk much about his excellency. What is his excellency? Man, did you not just hear what he just called you out of? Christ died for the ungodly. And he paid it in full. In full. So every sin that you have uh, on the wall, I would say, at the 
before the throne of God had a check mark beside it saying, paid in full, paid in full, paid in full, paid in full, paid in full. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Paid in full. Every sin that you've ever committed to the day that you were born, you're brought into the marvelous life, had a check beside that sin. Paid in full, paid in full, paid in full. Now this is our God. And this will cause and have an effect on us to make much of him. you got something to say, man. Every one of us has something to say about how good God is. And how powerful he is in what he did in our behalf for his glory and his glory alone. And we gladly give it to him. Look at verse 10. Call of redemption continued here. Said, for you once were not a people. <laughs> Have you ever read that? You were not a people at one time. We go, we go back to the book of Isaiah. We'll see you. How you want to pronounce it. For you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You get that? You were not, and you have not, but now you are, and you have. That's God, and only He can do that work. We see you do not deserve inclusion into God's people, into God's family, right? But now we have received His mercy and rejoice in their uh, inclusion into the family of God. How wonderful it is to be the part of the family of God. Remember the commitment that you came to when God first brought you into his family? Oh, Lord, I'm going to do all this. Remember in Luke that we talked about, we had a lot of people in there saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and when time comes, oh, i got something else to do. Oh, my. May that not be us. May that not be us. May that show us how we must be careful and remember where we came from. As we move forward, we see the mercies of God and that we just can't, if we're not allowed to, just take it by just mere hearsay. And James tells us, this you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God, therefore put aside all filthiness, and all that remains of wickedness and humility, receive the word and plant it, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourself doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks into the natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he immediately had forgotten what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides in it, not having become forgetful here, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. The second that we have here is second, do you love me? Did you hear what it said? We went through James. And as I was looking at your James, I, I was thinking how many of these things in James that I took an application and still putting into application in my life. And I didn't like what I saw. 
Then that question came again, Wesley, do you love me? Do you really love me? We see the call to, uh, of righteousness here. Again, verse 11 and 20, we'll go quickly. Love, I urge you. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lust, but to wage war against your soul. What is he talking about? He's talking for us to stay away from all sorts of evil. Don't think that you can watch the TV show and not be convinced that something's all right. Don't think that you can go and do all the things that you used to do and think that's going to be all right. Because you no longer live there, you are out of that, you live in the marvelous light, and that's God's truth. We don't go there anymore. Why? Because we're not that person anymore. Right? Praise the Lord. See, that's what you have people to tell. You got that story to tell people about the truth about who God is. That, that is our hope. He brings you out of that darkness, that everything's okay. We're all just happy going to hell. And we're not. When he shows that light, he says, no, no. But now we have joy to some speakable. Yes. Unspeakable joy. He said, beloved, I urge you. He, he's putting that, that passion into that. Dearly beloved, I, I urge you. I encourage you to respond this way. Abstain from all appearance of evil. The fleshly lust that wages war against you. Stay away from it. You can't handle it. Stay away from it. Don't think that you can handle it. You can't. Verse 12, it goes on, says, Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that, listen, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers may be because of your good deeds, as they observe them. Glorify God in the day of visitation. What is he saying? If you act like a duck, you quack like a duck, you walk like a duck, you must be a duck. If you act like a Christian, you speak like a Christian, you walk like a Christian. And that's the gospel. And you wear it. And sometimes he lets you have words to speak with it. Keep yourself in a way that shows that you are who you are in Christ and your life is conducted in a way that brings glory to his name, heaven. What God is teaching us in His Word. And then it goes on to verse three, uh, 13. Submit yourself to the Lord's sake to every human instrument, uh, 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 institution, I'm sorry, whether a king or authority or to governors absent or sent by Him for the punishment of evildoers and to the praise of those who do right. Except for speeding. Right? Except for a line on her taxes. Except for that. Except for we're already putting out what goes there. No, he says, to those that's not making you sin, you are to obey them. Believe me, when Wesley speeds, he is sinning against God. It's such a vast thing, I'm just going to leave that there, but it tells us to submit to the authority that God has put over us. All else is sin. So we go on as uh, the call of righteousness in verse 17. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. 
honored a king, do we not get to slander him because we don't like him and he's not part of our party? Oh my, our president, are we supposed to talk down? Oh my, honor all people. Doesn't mean we conform to their will, but we honor them, they're people. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king, servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. Did you hear that? Because I was really counting on that last part, not being there. Because I want to give you what you give me. No, that's not what we're called to do. And you don't want what you deserve. We've already been through that. We're going to do it. So how do I deal with this? Well, Christ finishes up at the, beginning, at the end down here. You let him teach you what he has in your life. You believe he's sovereign? Then he's teaching you something. Verse 19. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. But, uh, let me just back up to 18. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. Listen, this finds favor from God. This finds favor. It is for the sake of uh, conscience, uh, toward consciousness for God, a person who bears up under sorrow with suffering unjustly. Now he puts it in the sense that because of your sin, you're suffering and you want to claim it that I'm suffering for the cause of pride, no, it's because you're messing up. And he said, don't do that. Now, when you are doing right, you're being about the Lord's business, and you're suffering. Therefore, what does he say? Right? This finds favor in God, that you don't respond or react uh, real against them, but you move on to, toward the things of God, what he's called you to do. Why? Do we remember that we're children of God? If we remember that we're children of God, we have nothing to prove to anybody. Except that we're children of God. And we have a high view of Him, which have a high view of all things, all things that pertain to Him. So we, we go on to the third, I love, uh, do you love me? And then we're closing here in just a second. Hang in there with me. And it's called for rededication at this time. And you know, I'm not a big fan of rededication. We have to be dedicated first to do any kind of rededicating. Amen? And so in the rededication, when we find this, we, we see that. Our life is rededication every morning. Every morning we rededicate ourselves to the Lord. In 2024, I'm not trying to get you to make a bunch of promises that you're not going to do. But in 2024, what does your rededication to the Lord look like? Do we want to live as Scripture gives us? And I'll read this right here. For you have been called for this purpose, this Christ also in verse 21, that also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow his steps. Who committed no sin, was no, was, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats. He kept entrusting himself to the one who judges righteously. And in him himself bore our sins and his body on the cross is so that we might die to sin and live righteousness, live to righteousness. 
for by his wounds were you healed. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the guardian of your souls. That have you returned to him? He gives us an example. He's unselfish. He's understanding. He's unfailing. He's not intimidated by the world and the things they have to throw at him. He was, he was uh, undefeated, right? And we shall be too because of him. And so, what is the will of God? Is to do the will of God forevermore, rejoicing in all that he is. Are you looking forward to 2024? And what God has in store for you? When it's kind of like the Bible, we can say yes to that, but you can say, I want to understand this Bible, but you're going to have to open it. Amen? If we want to live for Christ, well, we're going to have to start living for Christ. We want more of him. We're going to have to have less of us. For this, we have the shepherd and the guardian of ourselves. As we look at 2024, I pray that you would consider the thanksgiving. I know there wasn't a whole lot of depth with that, but I pray God have mercy and, and give us what we need to hear. But I also want to thank the Lord for where he has us as a people. As the children of God, loving Him, cherishing Him, right? Having meanings to the words that we throw around with application in our lives. Are we loving Him? And I would uh, challenge all of us to, to examine ourselves as given by Scripture. As this third, do you love me? Do you really love me? Peter responds, Lord, you know that I love you. know all things. And Peter was being restored. But this also goes with us too. Lord, you know all things. You know how much I failed you in the past year. You know my level of love for you right now is not high enough. My, my work to, to do your work is not high enough. My treasure, my precious treasure, Lord, is not valuable as much as, it, as much as it needs to be. We've got to have more than words. Amen. We've got to have application. So that will close with this thought. As you go out today, as we go into the covenant of grace with God, we are in a covenant. And we also have a covenant hanging on this wall for the believers that are members of this church. Please look at these things and not be a hearer only, but be a doer unto the glory of the King of glory only. Let us pray. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for your mercy. And Lord, I know there's so much more there. Each verse had his own sermon. And I know we passed over a lot to the camping on a lot. But Lord, we, we trust that you've given us what we needed. As we examine ourselves as given by you and for your glory, that you would help us, Lord God, to, Lord, uh, if I 
If you ask me that question, do I love you? Well, is really my answer. I love you and I love the world. And I love you and I love talking. There's some crazy stuff like that. We love talking, we should. But Lord, we, we want to love you as our treasure, precious treasure unto us. Amen. As you have adopted us into your family, you have your hand on us. You're showing us the things that we must see. The Father, by your wonderful grace, help us to apply these things to our lives that we may extend grace to our community, our people outside these walls, that we may walk in a way that they should people should ask us, are, are we Christians? Because you don't act like everybody else. Help us to be challenged, to strengthen, to encourage. Lord, uh, you are the guardian of our souls. Our souls belong to you. Lord, help us rejoice the work that you have done for your glory. You get all the credit. In Jesus' name we pray.